Welcome back to the 10 Tabs Open Podcast. This is your host, Alex Howell, and today we had on my uh, good friend, uh, Kyle Greenley, on for episode 19. Kyle has a, a really unique and interesting story. He and I went to school together, K through 12, and then uh, we both went off to separate colleges, and we had been good friends pretty much the entire time uh, in school, kind of hung out with different crowds, but we're always able to keep a conversation going, and he probably lived about five minutes from where I grew up. But um, Kyle ended up and you'll hear this in the in the podcast he ended up going and uh, basically drove to North Dakota on a whim and started at looking for jobs spent about two weeks in his truck uh, as he was trying to find one but ended up uh, finding a job as an inspector up there and just kind of continued to you know work his way up through the ranks and if you know anything about working up there it is not the easiest thing in the world it's it's hard work it's it's rough it is a it's probably the last bastion of the wild wild west that we have uh, up there and for the most part he was in Williston but he traveled to uh, I think he said Wyoming Texas Alabama a bunch of different places and and saw some things and he's uh, just like all of us, our experiences in our life kind of shape who we are and what our belief system is, and he's no exception to that rule, just like all of us, uh, listeners, myself alike, are the same way. You'll notice that um, some of the people that I've had on, for the most part, are um, center to center left. Uh, Kyle is definitely a center right guy. We agree on a lot of stuff, and we disagree on some stuff, but one thing that I want you to listen to throughout this entire conversation is, and I say this a lot on this podcast, but... I don't think that people who believe that they are, you know, highly conservative, people who think that they're far liberal, are really that different. Uh, and again, your experience shapes what you believe. So you'll hear some things on here that maybe in the past on some of the other podcasts are a little bit different. Uh, today, you're going to hear some stuff, though, from a guy who has put in the work. He's put in the effort. You know, since he was a young, young man, he has, you know, seen a lot of things. And it's... Um, some of the things that we talk about, and you'll kind of hear us get into it a bit, have been uh, have been pretty rough on the soul. But it's shaped him. He's a great man and a great person, and uh, uh, family is absolutely and without question number one for him as well. So I was really happy to have uh, Kyle on the podcast. I want to thank him so much for coming on. He was a fantastic guest for Episode 19, and we're going to have Episode 20 here in the next couple of days as well. If you want to, go on to my website at alexanderhowell.com, or if you'd like to uh, look at real estate in Kansas City, uh, go to dreamhomekc.com. That's where I have everything uh, listed. Or if you need to contact me, just uh, send me an email to alexander at alexanderhowell.com. And uh, this is the 10 Tabs Open Podcast, Episode 19 with Kyle Greenley. Thanks. All right, let's go ahead and test it. Test one, two, three, one, two, three. There you go. All right, we're on, man. Kyle Greenley, what is going on? <laughs> You're oh. back down south. Back down south, man. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's been a long uh, eight years up around the North Dakota Canadian border. Mm -hmm. uh, spent a little bit of time in Wyoming and a uh, little bit of time in Texas, a little bit of time in Alabama, a little bit of time everywhere. So yeah, it's a uh, it's been a lot of fun, but I'm glad to be here with you tonight. Awesome, man. So you have to tell me about Williston. This is the weirdest town in America. So the the I, and just uh, I'll do this in the introduction too, but just as kind of a secondary thing, so that we can kind of set this up. And you can, I want you to give the introduction about everything you've done and where you've been, because I know it's a long story. We'll go through it through this entire time, but 
you have a really interesting story because you've been in the the northern oil fields and the dakotas and that kind of thing i mean you've been an inspector i think you've gone i've see on facebook constantly like and then i passed this thing and then i passed this thing oh, yeah. but i mean you've you've posted pictures of you and the husky in winter weather and the husky looks far more uh, comfortable than you do yeah <laughs> it uh it took some getting used to for me and uh i mean yeah it uh it definitely takes some some getting adjusted to i remember my yeah. first my first couple years up there in north dakota actually my first year entirely i was uh i just didn't know if i could do it but really you, you get you see that paycheck coming <laughs> and you're like, i could do it a little bit yeah. like <laughs> um but no i mean in all reality my my dog means the world to me and you know mm. anyone who follows me on facebook knows that and, echo uh yeah yep. echo echo dog um <laughs> And yeah, he's uh, he's been there with me through thick and thin, through some real ups and downs that, you know, even that line of work kind of caused. I would say, yep. uh, you know, it's uh, it's real nice to make that big money, but sometimes it comes at a at a big cost, bigger than I even realize sometimes. And yep. so uh, just always having him to fall back on, I mean, really just made my day. They say dogs, man's best friend, and uh, he proves that true every <laughs> single day. That's awesome, man. What? What was the initial thing that you thought I'm gonna go up north and make a, I mean, make a shitload of money? But uh, I well, mean that I mean, that's that's a real heavy trade off. It is, and I I, uh, I was thinking if you were gonna ask this question on my drive over, and I was thinking <laughs> of how I'd want to answer it. And uh, honestly, it's a it's a story I'm I'm really proud to tell. Yeah. Of where I came from, because uh, you know I I went to high school and high school I was a I was a really good student. I went to college kind of partied a little too hard feel like I wasted a lot of my own potential yeah um and then you know I kind of just hit a, a point where I was just as my old man says I was just spinning my wheels I wasn't mm -hmm. getting anywhere was this still in college or after uh still in college even. yeah and uh, you know I just you know I was you know having too much fun instead of focusing on classes college and, can uh, do that to you yeah I mean, <laughs> it, it, it happens to a lot more people than you think yeah me and uh i <laughs> I don't know what happened. I just I think it was probably the loss of my grandparents that yeah. really kind of shook me up. I was always real close to them. Yep. And uh, after that, I was just kind of looking for a way out. I was like, you know, it was like there's the big wide world, and all I've known is, is Missouri so far. Yeah. I was like, you know, and uh, a buddy of mine, Chris Pitts, actually told me, you know, hey, there's you know there's a lot of oil field work going on up in North Dakota. Yeah. So I mean, honestly, we uh. I wish I would have planned it out better in hindsight because uh, didn't have much money to my name at the time. And uh, we just piled in a car that my my own mother helped me buy. And, uh, you know, that takes a lot to say for a kid who's, you know, 25, 26 years old. Right. Uh, it was 24, 25. Sometimes you lose track of those years. But um, I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah. Dude, I just drove up there with blind faith. I mean, it was when the oil field was booming. So you and didn't I mean, even have a job when you were driving? No. Oh shit! No. <laughs> I, I kid you not, dude. In, in hindsight, I could have done it ten times better. Yeah. Um, or more efficiently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just it's what we had heard, mm -hmm. and you know, a lot of people did. There were, I wasn't the only one in that situation. Well, they're still going. People and uh, yeah, when we uh we first got up there, and it turns out jumping through all the red tape of getting hired on to some of these jobs because these jobs, you know, involving oil and gas, it's very complicated stuff. Yeah. You know, they're not gonna hire felons or anyone who could potentially risk you know compromising a project right and uh we kind of learned that the hard way i mean honestly uh i lived in my car for like two weeks just oh, job man. hunting and uh in the middle of a north dakota winter 
<laughs> but I think it, it would have been 2012, 2013, yeah. around there. And uh, I remember sitting there one night, Alex, and I was sitting there. It was 45 below. And I had my, my car parked behind this garage just trying to keep it out of the wind mm-hmm. and keep it running and trying to, at the same time, turn it off because I'm trying to watch my gas money. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I couldn't have ever done it without a little bit of help from my family. Yeah. And from friends. Yeah. And uh, luckily, you know, it paid off. Wound up getting a phone call saying, hey, we'd like you to come in and interview for this position. And, uh, man, I took that and I just never looked back. Yeah. What was the first position? Oh, uh, working for Schlumberger. Yeah. Um, which is a huge oil field operation. Uh, mm-hmm. But Schlumberger also has several segments underneath them. Yeah. The segment we work for specifically was Drillco, which we specialized in. Uh, Basically inspecting all sorts of downhole tools mm-hmm. that we actually use to drill for oil with. Gotcha. So drill pipe, drill collars, subs, all that stuff uh, has certain inspection needs, certain criteria it has to meet. Yeah. Because if, you know, if, if we take something and put it 8,000 feet down in the ground and then all of a sudden our connection fails, mm-hmm. we've got a problem. Yeah. And, you know, you've got toxic gas potentially coming back up to the surface. Yeah, and people die. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, you know, I've seen people get hurt. I've seen people die. Yeah. And it sucks and it changes you. I'm sure. What's the, so was the phone call that you got that led you to inspection, was that a chance thing or were you also somebody that you were looking at just anything you could get up there? It was a, it was a chance thing. I mean, at that point we were just looking for, you know, any, any opportunity. I'm a hard worker. Give me a shot. Yeah. This is Boomtown USA. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, there's literally a sign. If you go up to the Dairy Queen right at the four-way <laughs> stop by Hy-Vee in Williston to this day, it says, Welcome to Boomtown, USA. Jeez. And uh, I didn't realize what that meant at the time. Mm-hmm. But years later down the road, after falling in love with that community, too, it's yep. it really is a cool community of, of brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just crazy. You know, you got to realize that was a, a small, tiny town yeah. that just got blown up by the oil field. Yeah, it was like the only town – for hundred like I don't want to say hundreds of miles, but it was the only town for quite some time. Well, yeah, and now they've expanded into Watford City, North Dakota, um, gotcha. Stanley, North Dakota. You know, it's yeah. all it's all branching out. But, but Williston's the point. Williston was kind of the center, the epicenter, yeah. if you want to call it that. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of, you know, even driving out of that town, I kind of looked at it in my rearview mirror, kind of fondly. I was like, you know, I, remember I, was like, these I, I was like, I think I'm gonna miss this. Yeah. Well, I think it's a positive, though. I mean, when you look back and you you can say, I mean, it sounds like, and I can hear it in your voice, like there are some, there are some tough memories up there, but it sounds like there are also some things you'll never forget and some positives. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It uh, it really kind of helped. It helped shape me as a person yeah. into the man I've become today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when I first came up there, I was, you know, I mean, you knew me from high school. I was, yeah. I was a bit more of a, a, a softer around the edges kind of guy. You were? And, uh, you know, up there, man, it, I learned real quick. It's you better toughen up or you ain't going to last. Yeah, well, I think you and I got into a uh, – I didn't get into a Facebook argument with you. I think it was something that one of your your buddies put on uh, on Facebook, and it was this really rough comment. And I sent you a private message and was like, dude, I, I remember you. What's up? And it's like, yeah, these, these are different men. <laughs> well, yeah, and, uh, yeah it, it, it's true it's yeah. true and uh you know in hindsight i don't i don't regret a minute of it yeah because uh, i feel like where I, I feel like i'm where i was supposed to be right 
um, you know, for as much as you can consider fate. I don't know how much I do, mm -hmm. but um, I feel like it brought me to where I needed to be in my own life. Yeah. And I mean, I don't regret a day of it. You know, I've got countless memories from up there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the beauty of it is I, I can make a phone call and still go back tomorrow if I wanted. Absolutely. Um, you make those connections and it's cool because you meet people from all over the world up there. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, I could go through my phone contacts list and just say, hey, you got work in New York for me? Okay, I'm on my way. Nice. Hey, you got work in California for me? I'm on my way. Yeah. Well, you and, said uh, it's a brotherhood. Yeah, and, it, and, and, and that's, a, that's a nice thing to have, a luxury that maybe so many other people don't have. Uh, hey, but, real quick, I apologize because I, I shifted on you. That's my fault. Try to push that mic just that way a bit, and you can kind of shove that elbow arm, and that'll help. There you go. Because yeah, oh yeah, you're looking at me like it's my fault. I had to shift from over there because of the sunlight. Okay, but it's like over here. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. I mean, I, I, there's not right now. And so my buddy Corey that I was talking to you about earlier, he yeah. one of the conversations that we had. Um, we talk about Theodore Roosevelt a lot because it's a it's a man and a president that we both appreciate and a beautiful national park up there. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I want to go. I want to go see it. Just because, I, honestly, just because of, the, of him. But we talk about him a lot, and um, Corey's made a comment, and if you want to go back, I think it's like episode 16 or something, we talk about this. But um, he said that there was something, there was a, if he listens to this podcast, he's going to be screaming through the speaker <laughs> at me. But there was a an article posted about America and the fact that we had reached the Pacific and there was really nothing else to conquer. And that that idea that we were either ex, I think it was exploring is the right word. So we were exploring the West. We were exploring everything. And the moment that we explore the Badlands, explore the West and, you mm. know, go up to Canada and Alaska and all that kind of stuff, America lost at, at that time what America was. Because America was the final destination of exploration. Yeah. And when I hear you talk about your experience up there, that reminds me of that. Like, that was a, a, a brotherhood of individuals that knew that, you know, life and limb was something that they were willing to forsake at times because they were wanting to do something nobody had ever done. So when I hear you talk about that, like that was the initial thought that I had was just like, oh, it's the Badlands, it's Theodore Roosevelt, it's we're exploring, we're doing things that nobody has in a place where nobody really expected anything to ever happen. I mean, go back 20 years and hear people talk about North Dakota and like, ah, fucking North Dakota. <laughs> no, nothing, not nothing happens in North You're Dakota. <laughs> uh, but no, it, uh, it, it is definitely... Uh... You know, and I can't speak to it for the entire time the boom's been going on. Like I said, I think I got up there around 2013, and it was kind of on the, the tail leg of uh, that initial boom. And then the, the way oil and gas works, you know, there's an ebb and a flow, and mm -hmm. it's it's so uh, intrinsic with politics, mm -hmm. um, which is something that, you know, always kind of weighs heavy on everybody's mind. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, suffice to say uh, – you don't meet a lot of people that lean very far left working up there in that line of work. I'm sure. Um, yeah. because, and I'm not saying that's fair, mm -hmm. um, but usually it's, you know, well, people you, vote you for their livelihood. Out. Yeah. Uh, people vote for their livelihood. Um, that's yeah. That's a great way of saying it. Um, and I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely a, a, a camaraderie type of, it's really, it's truly hard to explain because no. you're, you know, when you're out here, 
I mean, I spent the majority of my time up there doing pipeline. And, you know, pipeline such an evil thing mm-hmm. is what, you know, half of half of the aisle would tell you. And, I mean, maybe even yeah. more. But to meet the guys that I worked with, you'd be surprised how many of us really actually care about the environment. We try to leave it yeah. in a better place. We try to do everything right. Mm-hmm. Like, to us, this is, you know, it is essential work. I mean, how are we heating this nice house right now? Right. With gas. Natural gas, yeah. Yeah, with natural yeah. gas. How That doesn't just show up here. No. Like it has, well, to, even be, if it it was, has to be routed here. Correct. And even if and, uh, it was electric right now, it, it's still getting burned somewhere. Yeah, it's getting burned somewhere. Yeah. And I, I just, I wish more people could realize that is that, you know, people in oil and gas, they're not all bad people. Like, no. I mean, honestly, we've had phenomenal conversations out on the pipeline talk. Like, you'd be surprised how many pipeline guys were actually big fans of solar. We just wish mm-hmm. it was more feasible. Right. Like, you know, but the reality is we're not quite there yet. Yeah. And we got to just keep going. I mean, these things don't build themselves. Right. And so to be demonized for it kind of sucks. Yeah. And that's the uh, that's the most unfortunate part about the entire situation is that the workers get demonized. I mean, there's there's a so I I try to watch every side until I can't stand it just to hear the arguments. And so I, I, I do listen to a lot of Bill Maher. And there's one thing where he was talking about Hillary Clinton saying something about coal. And she made a comment like, you know, we need to get off of coal. And then because coal, the coal lobby went so much against her, she immediately backed down. and was like, well, I mean, not everybody on coal. But when I heard him talk about it, his next line was like, well, what we need to do is say, you know, fuck you to coal. And yeah, we're going to get rid of your jobs. and We're going to do this. And it's like, okay, well. This is where politics and like you were saying, where politics and the people come in to play in a very significant way, because do I eventually want to stop digging holes in the ground and finding shit? Of course. Yeah. We also dig holes and find shit for solar. Yep. We, we need to come to an agreement on what makes sense, because right now, if you just said, fuck coal, fuck natural gas and fuck oil the entire planet's economy goes away. And there are some people that are like, yep, that's completely fine. It's like, yeah, until lots of billions of people die. Yeah. So with me, I'm a huge fan of solar just because I like the idea that if I throw panels on my roof and I drive an electric car and I have panels from here to my lake house and everything else, then I use the sun and those panels last minimum 25 years and I'm done. But if you said... Can you get those installed tomorrow because we're going to cut off natural gas, oil, and coal? Be like, no, that's not how this shit works. Because solar panels would go to a million dollars a panel because that's how supply and demand works. Well, and even then, I mean, <laughs> even the cost saved on solar, mm-hmm. it, it has a payoff time. I yeah. Mean, I don't know how many people I've talked to. Everyone's into this doing solar roofs now. Yeah. But they, uh, like, they literally went out to my father's house, and they said, well, you're already so efficient on your electric bill that you don't need a solar roof. Right. They're like, it would cost you money in the long run. You'd yeah. be paying for something over 30 years that ain't going to save you any money. Right. And I'm sure lots of people fall for that just, you know, on the trend of being, you know, energy efficient. Yeah. Which is fine, you know, but everybody's thing at the end of the day is a bottom dollar. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the biggest thing with solar panels is you really have to look at it as – what like supply and demand is always going to work 
So when does the demand, like, when does the demand become so high or the supply become so high that the demand actually weighs everything out where solar panels become cheap enough where everybody wants them? That, I think, is the eventual goal. The other thing that I think about with solar is, like, eventually you kind of become your own island, too. Like, you become your own energy-centric place if you're in the right spot. If you're in the middle of the Redwood Forest, solar is not for you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> at, at the same time, you got to ask yourself the, the other <clears throat> question, too, you know. You're a red-blood American. Do you like to drive fast in your car? And I think that's can, a really good you, question. Can you do that in solar? I mean... Yes, it, but not know. for long. <laughs> you got to turn the AC down a little bit. Exactly. Pick up speed. Yeah. But, I mean, it, you know, it's little things like that. Like, guys that you and I grew up on, you know, oh, yeah. driving down old school road. Yeah, every, my, everyone was speeding, you know. Yeah, my dream Camaro, car is a 69 like, Camaro with a, with a big know, block V8. <laughs> do we really want to sacrifice little things like that? I mean, I, no. I, I don't think it should be a sacrifice. I feel like it should still be a privilege that we can enjoy. Yeah. But the way the left tends to move on this stuff is – we got to get rid of all of it. It's evil. Yeah. I'm saying you get rid of 69 Camaros. I don't want to live in this country. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think like when you get to that point, the argument then becomes like, okay, so if you're, if you're in a situation where everything is so energy neutral or so if, if everything's electric and everything's wind and everything's perfect and we're all living on that, which I do think will eventually happen. We'll figure out a way to become so efficient with energy that it won't be as necessary on the opposite side, then oil becomes kind of a, it's a simple commodity that you either like or don't. If you want to drive your 69 Camaro around, fantastic. I mean, and I would, but I'd probably have to pay a premium for that gas to do that. The same way that I have to pay a premium right now for a Tesla because the supply and demand judges that that's the way it is. I think the biggest thing we're going to have to, if we're going to talk about cars real quick, <laughs> I think the biggest thing we're going to have to figure out is what do you replace a gas tax with if you have only electric cars on the road? Because then your infrastructure gets fucked up. Yeah. And I think that's the, I want a Tesla because I like the idea of like solar, solar and plug in and done. But at the know, same but, time, but like, how well, do you where think, does the gas tax but go? But how are you getting the electric power well, for me, to charge that solar? So, no, for me, it'd be okay. solar, solar battery. Yeah. So, solar is a great solution. Mm -hmm. But and and forgive me, I don't know a whole heck of a lot no, you're about good. solar to be honest. But um, Kyle, it, I, I'm a I fucking it, expert. It, I've been looking at this for 45 years. Have you really? I'm I 32. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, it's yeah. the, the thing with solar. Like, I mean, I have uh, my bug out bags that I keep and stuff. You know, yeah. For when stuff hits the fan, I I have solar radios and stuff, and and they do charge a little bit just off their solar panels. Yep but not very well. Right. And, and that's, you know, that's a downside we're at. Mm -hmm. Sure. Technology can hopefully improve that. And I think any decent person wants us to improve that. If we yep. can power our stuff off the sun, mm -hmm. I mean, that's great. Yeah. But is it a reality? Not right now. I, I, I don't know so much right now because yeah. I mean, we, we, we get back to primitive stuff, you know, say, Worst case, and not to go all Alex Jones on you, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, a ma uh, you know, a massive EMP wave wipes out all that. Yeah. What do you rely on? Coal, gas, mm -hmm. oil. Wood. Wood. Yeah. The things, you know. Yeah. And so we, I, I personally feel like we need to be prepared for that because, I mean, honestly, just look around the world, the way geopolitics and global politics is heading. Like, it's, it's not far off before something like that could potentially happen. I hope it doesn't. Right. Well, and we but, just. We, I mean, it, it would decimate our grid. 
And if our grid yeah. relied on high-end technology that could be decimated with such a simple EMP burst, we're in trouble. We, we would 100% be in trouble. I think that's where I feel like technology, if you allow it to continue, can be a positive, though, because I've got to imagine that there's a solution to that, too. And I agree. I, yeah. I think there is. We just we haven't quite picked yeah. up on it yet. But I do agree with you that you can't just like like I said about, you know, solar and wind. If you just gave up on everything else and you screw over ev like the not only the economy, but I don't think people realize how much that would really kill everything. If you just like stopped digging for coal Stopped getting well, oil, stopped getting natural you, you gas. you got to realize all the byproducts. Like, all of our women are going to get so much uglier if we don't have petroleum-based products. Oh, man. You're, <laughs> you're going to get me in so there. much fucking I trouble. Go there. I'm going to be in so much trouble. By the way, trouble. this is Kyle's fault. Alex, <laughs> he did not. I'm just kidding. Alex, you can put the sign down now. I'll pick up your <laughs> But, I mean, it, it is seriously a thing to consider. There's so many byproducts of petroleum. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like that goes underappreciated. Like, we could, you know, I mean, you could, you may as well close all these microphones down and throw your computer off the table. Oh, yeah. I mean, with, without it, petroleum byproducts, none of this stuff's here. No, everything that you look and at so in our basement. So, what's our solution that? to that? Yeah, I mean, exactly. No, and, and I think that's a good point. We don't have a real one yet. Right. I mean, and I don't think that that gets talked about enough. It doesn't. I mean, it's, I, it's all about the, the evil oil and gas. And, and that's why I'm glad you, you had me on here because I mean, yeah. I just want to say I'm not a bad guy. Like I have solar stuff. I'd oh. love to have a solar or an electric car. I just like to go a little faster than most. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, I think the things are overpriced for for all the average Americans yeah. right now. Yeah. I mean, I like the idea of an electric car getting me to like 60, and then the V8 taking over. To me, that's perfect. Yeah. But again, if you had that, then you just have to balance what it is. But no, I. This is this is the reason I wanted to have you on because. I know you because you and I have been friends for a long time. I mean, okay. we went to kindergarten together. I know. Man. <laughs> like we, we were a, in the same we class. Had a, we had a crush on the same girl. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get me in so much trouble with my wife. No, I'm kidding. No, she'd be like, uh, whatever. But no, I mean, we went to kindergarten together. You know, I knew you in high school and we've been catching up. And this is my biggest positive about social media is because you and I have lived very different lives, but I've been able to keep up with you. You've been able to keep up with me. Absolutely. And I think that there's a huge positive to that because you see so many people. I mean, I was in theater. Most of most people in theater are on the left. That's just what that's what it is. Most people that are manual labor kind of individuals are on the right. That's where you fall. My theater friends fall on the left. But really, when I get people in front of the microphone and when I actually get people one-on-one, -on -one, whether or not they're willing to be recorded or not, I can find similarities between you and my most hardcore leftist friend. Well, yeah, of course. And, and, and you never be. hear that now. Well, I mean, we're, we're all human. Yeah. Like, I, I believe, I hope we all have the ability for compassion. Yeah. You know, and that's something that I wish wasn't so lost nowadays. Yeah. And, you know, you're probably right. Politics is probably a huge driving aspect of that. Mm -hmm. Me personally, I never try to make it that way. Right. Have I been guilty of, of making it that way? Probably. Yeah. Probably more times than I care to admit. Mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't mean that's not something we can't change. Exactly. And have, you know, a con an open conversation. Yeah. Well, and we're also young. <laughs> yeah, we are. And I mean, people, people <laughs> we, get We've lived through ways. being stupid. And oh. we will continue to be stupid. But, I mean, it's... It's one of those things that if you can find some piece of commonality between two people, all of a sudden it's like, oh, so you are human. Like, fuck yes, I've always been human. No. <laughs> I mean, well, and I mean, we all have. It's just, you know, there's always those 
don't know. It's just, there's, there's always going to be questions and issues where people are going to disagree. Yeah. But you know, I mean, to me, that's the beauty of living where we live. We're allowed to voice those disagreements. I mean, no. you know, um, not not to shift it the other way, but I mean, look at what's going on in Hong Kong right now. Like, no. If you're disagreeing with the government, you're a marked man. No, that's not and, shifting. That's I a mean, complete, that's a perfect shift. Like, <laughs> I mean, but that's, to me, that's a scary thing because I feel yeah. like that's a direction we could potentially wind up. Like, people, people constantly forget our country has not been around that long. No. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've always been... I've always enjoyed history. I haven't been as much of a buff on it the past seven, eight years because I've been busy doing other stuff. Yeah. But, like, um, it's something I always enjoyed, and it's something I know you always oh, enjoyed yeah. in high school. And, yeah, I mean, you were always brilliant on this stuff, especially <laughs> even academically. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm sure we had several classes together where, yep. you know, and you and I always aligned. Loved similarly. history, loved current events. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's a great thing. But, I mean, yeah, that's honestly something that keeps me up at night. I, I look around, and I'm like, you know, like, it, we haven't been here that long. Is this it? experiment has not gone on this long. No. And here we are. And, you know, maybe we're wrong. Maybe we're not on the on the verge of anything. No. But, man, it sure it sure feels a lot worse than it than they showed us in the movies in the 70s yeah. and stuff, you know. To me, the the ultimate what's, – what's the right word here? The ultimate validation of the American experiment has come within the last, like, three to four months – when for over two decades you've seen American flags being burned and death to America and all that kind of stuff. And like, and again, one thing that I, I disagreed with Trump the way he said it, but I didn't necessarily, and Obama actually said something very similar, in that America is not innocent in any way, shape, or form, but there's also a freedom here that is not available in many places in the world. The ultimate validation of the American experiment was when Hong Kong, when you saw American flags flying. Like, yeah. oh, well, so and, now they're not burning anymore. They're flying. Well, and, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, go, I'll go a bit more pop culture on you. Yeah. Look to Boondock Saints. We mm-hmm. must all fear evil men, but there is a greater evil which we must fear much more, and that is the indifference of good men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the point I feel like we're at. Um, you know, good men, I mean, you could, you could tie it back to feminism, that whole movement. I don't even want to go down that road. It's <laughs> both in trouble, but, uh, <laughs> like, I mean, you really could. It's, we've demonized, um, just sticking up for what's right, mm. regardless of whether we agree on it or not. You know, everything's gotten so political. You used yeah. to be able to just stand up for what is right. That used to be a thing. Well, I, I don't feel like that's possible anymore because what I think is right, you think is wrong. I, Not you personally. No, I understand. Someone else might. No, I and I, I think like, that's the weirdest part about this. There are several things going on right now that are just very, very strange. And one of the things is the idea that anybody is attacking true feminism. I don't think there's a single person I've ever met in my life, and may, I mean maybe I have. Um, no, in, in certain areas where the people I, are like, I, well, I, I don't I don't like women. It's like, well, OK, well, you're a terrible person. I've never met a person that's like, no. But let me let, <laughs> to, to tie it back into a little a little mini oil field story here. Just, <laughs> no, just I mean, just to prove this point. I'm a conservative guy. Like if, if, yeah. if I if I fall under the taboos that I'm supposed to be against feminism or women's rights or whatever they want to label it as. Mm-hmm. um. I literally had a great friend of mine. She's still one of my best friends today. Her name's Terry. She works with me up in North Dakota. 
she got into the field of pipeline, in which honestly, like, that's a rough and tough group. There's not many women out there doing it. But she stepped into the ring, came in uh, as, as a helper when I was shooting x-ray on pipeline. Mm-hmm. And you know what? A lot of the guys uh, for the particular company, I won't name them, mm-hmm. the particular company I was working for, they treated her like absolutely shit. Yep. Like, did everything in their power to get her to quit. Like, I mean, she, she yep. like, and it finally, it came to a head with me one day when I was getting ready to leave the shop and she was sitting in a corner crying because some guy had cussed her out, said, bitch, do this, you know, bitch, Jesus. do that. And I walked over and I hit that dude right upside his face. And Good. Said, you're done. And I told her, I was like, you know what? I was like, you're going to come with me now. Yep. And you know what? We were best friends after that. She uh, wound up going and picking up her level twos. Nice. Um, and, and now she's running her own truck. She's getting ready to go get her CWI and have all the certifications and everything that I earned. And it's, mm-hmm. not, it's not because of anything I did. That was all her. She's yeah. tougher than half the dudes I've ever met. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all you got to do is give women the opportunity to do that. But she's also got uh, – she's got a lot of guts. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. most women would give up in that situation. That's awesome. No, I mean, it, it's, it speaks to somebody like that where it's like, you know, you're going to stick it out. You're going to be here throughout the worst part of it, and you shouldn't have to deal with this. Well, and women shouldn't be afraid to do that. No, I they realize, shouldn't at all. I realize there's going to be some obstacles against them, and that's not fair. No. But I'm just saying there's lots of good men like, like you and myself that, you know, we're not trying to be part of that obstacle. Yeah. We'll step up and tell that guy to sit down. Yeah. And, you know, maybe we need more of that. We definitely but, you know, need more of that. I mean, but we but we get demonized just because we have a penis. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so it's, like, it's like, hey, how can I how can I help you when yeah. you're gonna demonize me without even knowing me? Yeah. It's such a fucking balance. I mean, when you really look at the overall, it's like there are there are men that are I mean, and as you just said, they're the men that are the worst of the worst and they don't deserve shit and they should be Punch in the fucking mouth well, every honestly, day of the week and the twice on Sunday. Some, some yeah, you know, like, like men, men like you and I need to step up and just yeah. These guys that are the problem. Look, I'm, I'm not one to say violence is the answer, but you know what? Sometimes it is. Yeah, it's unfortunate, um, but it's true. Not you know, I'm not saying go shoot a bunch of people up, but no, Jesus, stay, like stand, stand your ground, stand yeah. your ground, stand up for what's right. Yeah, exactly. And I well, feel I'm, like if if people would do more of that, we might be in a better place. Yeah, I think people are so afraid right now of what the what the counter is going to be. It's like, well, did you really have to stand up for her? Because she could have stood up for herself. Like, oh, give me a break. Like, well, I we, mean, that's, no, that's we where I'm a, happy no, to look we're at We're a team. That's we're a team. I'm, I'm working with her. We are a team together. I'm helping her and she would help me. Well, that's where I, I honestly, uh, that's where I honestly think we kind of all need to get back to our roots a little bit and just say, you know, like, I don't know how many times I've told people like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm from Raymore, Peculiar, Missouri. Like, never heard of that. And I was like, I know. Yeah. But you know what? I'm proud to be from there. Yeah. Like, you know, because we, we're just, we're raised differently. And some of these smaller towns and I, I, you know, nothing against big cities, but I think you're raised to more stand up for, for mm-hmm. the things that are right or the things you believe in. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like, I mean, like you just nailed it, man. I mean, people are so worried about, well, what's going to be the response? You know, what am I going to get blamed yeah. for? We need to say screw all that and just start standing up for, for what is right. And I yeah. wish we could all have a definition on that. But yeah, and unfortunately, we never will because everybody's going to have a different opinion on what is right and what is not. I think the the positive that I see right now is that it does seem like the pendulum swung one way, 
And now it's starting to swing the other where people are so sick and tired of hearing ridiculousness that it's getting a little quieter. Yeah. And I think the the really bad stuff is getting heard, which is perfect. You need to hear that. You need to understand it. But the stuff where, I mean, I think, I'm not even going to say that. The stuff that appears to be fake from the beginning, I'm thinking like the Jesse Smollett mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Oh, dude, I, I literally called that the day that story broke. I just remember, I remember looking. I remember sitting there and going like, this is <sighs> fake. I know. And I watched that story and I just went, none of this makes sense. And then when people started yelling at um, Dave Chappelle about his bit on that, it's like, and now we've reached pick peak peak ridiculousness yeah it's like we're up here now let's let that pendulum start swinging because if something would have happened like that and it was true i'd want those people to be punished to the full extent of the law but you watched that happen and outside of a few famous voices a lot of people just shut the fuck up like hmm okay (laughs) <laughs> well, it's it's true. Everyone everyone can hide behind a screen. Yeah, that's that's the difference in the past twenty years, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess thirty years even. Mm. Ugh, it's been that long. That's twenty. It's probably twenty. I mean, we were. I remember logging on the AOL Instant Messenger and stuff way back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we're we're only thirty two, so yeah, that would have been twelve. We both still look great. I know we do. Um, but the beards no, going. I mean, <laughs> no, um, one thing I honestly found, uh, I, I honestly thought it was pretty, uh, admirable wouldn't be the word, but efficient, I suppose is a, you know, um, what do you, like when we're out pipelining, like guys have issues, like you're going to have issues. Welders aren't going to get along. Inspectors aren't going to go along with welders. Yeah. Grinders, welders going to have a fight. You're out here in the middle of nowhere and some yeah. farmer's field in the middle of North Dakota. There are no rules. <laughs> like there are no police. You know, yeah. you know, what they're four happen? hours away. There's company policies and stuff like, yeah, you can't fight, you know, company policy. Yeah, you but let's step, just be honest. Nobody's going to call somebody to your out. right. Yeah. You're off of company property. Yeah. And you know what? I can't tell you how many times I would watch guys go out there and resolve their issue. And like you said, not not saying violence is the answer, but go out, throw a couple punches, help each other off the ground. Say, done, right? Out. Yep. Hug it out. I'm done. And. And, okay. and then they, they wind up being best friends. Like, yeah. But we're so afraid to do anything like that anymore. Yeah. It's not politically correct. Like, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that's how it has been done for all of human Thousands history. It's, of it's years. always come down to physical combat for the yeah. most part. Like, and I'm not yeah. saying that's the best solution, but no, I mean, even is it my... better than the one we're looking at now? <sighs> just because you, you look at me wrong, I could, you know sue you or have you arrested and say you yeah. sexually harassed me with your eyes like I mean, yeah, that's I, literally the kind of crap we're getting into now and like, that's <laughs> and it's such a weird situation because i i really do feel like there are people that i've had on this show that i know or on this podcast that i know that if we were having the same conversation they would say yeah that's absolutely ridiculous but at the same time you get certain and again i really believe that not the people that i've had here but you get certain people that are in the same um, oh, what do you want to call it? On the same, on the on same, the same level, yeah. on the same wavelength. But yeah. They are, and they would immediately attack. And I don't like that. It's like, no, let's stop, gather facts, do it. 
and figure out exactly what's going on. And that, to me, is one of the most terrifying things. I mean, you're right. Should we go out, go to fisticuffs, and come back and be okay? No, we probably should be intelligent enough. You know, we've been yeah, a human race for, hundred, uh, for a few hundred thousand years. Let's just figure this out with our minds. No, it's not always going to work out that way. However... Are we losing the balance? Uh, and and that, minds I, versus, versus physicality. Well, and I, I wonder if we're pushing the boundary of that too far too fast. Because I think about, so, and I I never, like, I've never, uh, I don't, I try not to bring up my wife uh, too much on the podcast, and I won't yeah, say her name or anything, because she has her professional life. I do this, and that is what it is. But one of the conversations we used to have when we used to make a joke about it was like, let's, do you want to talk about your feelings? It's like, <laughs> no, I don't want to talk about my feelings. No, we're going to d- either deal with this or we're going to deal with this. And it was never anything physical. It was just a joke between the two of us. Like, yeah, want to talk course. about your feelings? And now I feel like if we said that in public, there might be somebody that walked up to us and was like, oh, is it bad to talk about your feelings? Like, no, but it, it's a, it's a fucking joke. that's what it is and that's the most terrifying thing to me is just like yes it is good to talk about your feelings especially if you're dealing with other issues but you're also allowed to just kind of need a physical outlet and for some people it might be working out for some people it might be mma for some people it might just be running 30 miles and then running right back and being fine but you're allowed to have a physical outlet for anger, for stress, for depression. You're allowed to do that. Well, and mean, if you need to go for and I apologize for interrupting no, no, you, you're good, you're but good. if you're if you're also somebody that needs something else, somebody to talk to, some but potentially you need to take something to just level you out, also do that. But don't yell at somebody if their goal is like I just need to go into MMA to kind of resolve my anger issues for a few minutes. Oh, well, yeah. Everyone, every, everyone's <laughs> got to find their own creative outlet. Exactly. I, I'm a big believer that's a in that. That's a great way of yeah, putting it. I mean, it's and, – and that's how it should be. Yeah. But I'm saying we've – you know, um, you know, just – I feel like we're to a point where it's not acceptable. Like, I mean, if I walked up to you right now and said, you know, um, F you, F your family, F your wife. You're like, Do you, you want to sit there and me, talk you about it? You should hit me in the jaw. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what yeah. you should do. Yeah, we're not going to like talk but, about our feelings. Yeah, like, at that point, <laughs> we're past talking about feelings. Yeah. But I feel like even, you know, I just, I feel like we should have that balance. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we can hug it out afterwards and say, hey, you know, sorry, I shouldn't have said that. I mm-hmm. was wrong. Right. But, you yeah. know, at the point, we've got to make it all about feelings. Well, it's probably not um, going to work out. You know, <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing that gets resolved in certain situations in some well, situations and that was that was one thing i loved about my time in north dakota is like there there was none of this crap like yeah. it, if you had an issue with someone you stepped off the right away you throw punches you help yeah. the other guy up you get back to work yeah like it was kind of a cool thing to witness really i mean yeah no one got hurt bad mm-hmm. you know you might have a black guy the next day but hey you shot your mouth off to the wrong dude right like well and what an interesting situation to have it resolved independently as opposed to like well, having yeah, that's to, the thing no one calls the cop it, it yeah i mean they literally help help him back up off the ground you're done let's get back to work yep like yeah it's you know, i'm not saying it's the best solution by any no of course but it was not. just it was crazy to see it in action yeah like, but then it was done and yeah, i mean yeah, i think that's done. the it was done yeah it's not like somebody like 
It's not like Hit. we had to comment 276 times on it on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> <It was done>. <laughs> <laughs> I think you had one post, and I can't remember when it was, but I think you had one post go to like 300 oh, posts. I've, I've had several probably. Yeah. Every, every, every now and then I'm like that little kid where they're like, don't stir the pot. And I'm your friend that just grabs a big wooden spoon uh-huh. and stirs it. Like, it's like, what if I put this boiling water back into the, oh, yeah, now I have to keep yeah. stirring it again. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, but I think that's <laughs> I think that's good. I think we need to, I mean, you know, Alex, you've always been an incredibly intelligent guy. Like, um, you know, so it's, it, to me, it's important to engage mentally like that. Like, yeah. We don't do that anymore. We engage with emotion instead yeah. of intellect. Right. I mean, uh, that's why I was so passionate about debate. It's all about intellect. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, yeah, now, you nowadays, nowadays, everything's just about feelings. Yeah, well, like, you, know, you did debate. Oh, yeah. The yeah, Republican yeah. side of George Bush winning a second time. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I, if I remember correctly, I think we beat old Bryden McNeely in that. Bryden and, and, when and they uh, put it to oh, a class vote. Who I was the other guy? The result was. It was a. Uh, Bryden and. Oh, God, I can't remember. I can't remember who name. his partner was. I know I had a uh, John. I can't forget. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. Name. It was you and Brian. I mean, you was basically <laughs> the two. And well, Brian, we were debate partners at yeah. the time, but just going against each other. Yeah, I but, should have you and Brian on the podcast. And oh, just, dude, I'll just sit here and that, shut the fuck up. That would be awesome. <laughs> but you know what? The one thing I'll say about Brian, like as much as we disagreed politically, like this is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. We disagreed politically very much. Like we were, uh, I'd like to think, pretty successful in our debate career in high school. Yeah. Um, but you know what? When it came to arguing on whatever side of any issue, we were on the same page. Like, we got the job done. Yeah. And we would disagree personally afterwards. Mm-hmm. But you know what? We came together, got the job done. Like, yeah. I, I think more, I wish more people could do that. Yeah. Well, and I think just appreciating the other side. I mean, appreciate, maybe not, maybe not appreciating the other side, because obviously, if you disagree with something vehemently, you're not going to appreciate it in the same way you but can, if you, you appreciate respect, the person you can respect their difference in point of view yeah and i've always been a big believer in that i'm like you know what you don't have to agree with me i will respect your point of view i'll try to lay out a cohesive ar- argument of why i think you're wrong yeah but you know if it, what i always respected was if you lay one out right back mm-hmm. and nowadays we don't see that anymore it's just you hurt my feelings yeah i'm like that's not an argument you know i gave you six different points of why this is logically incorrect yeah and your response is that hurts my feelings that doesn't fly like that's yeah. not a good way to conduct intellectual debate right like, yeah one well, like i was talking about bill maher earlier and one of the most just it it was it, it borders on and probably just as truly offensive but when ben affleck was on bill maher and sam harris was on there as well and bill maher brought sam harris on as like an expert and Ben Affleck was sitting off to the side just steaming. But they were talking about um, uh, Islam. And Bill Maher's opinion on that is very cut and clear, as is Sam Harris's. And without really bringing anything to the table... And again, you can have like go back and watch the clip. Just look up Bill Maher, Ben Affleck, Sam Harris. Make your opinion when you watch it. Like I'm not going to give you it. But the most offensive thing in my mind was that Ben Affleck immediately came out and said, "That's that's racist." It's like, and what was, that? was that on SNL? Or? No, it was on uh, Real Time with Bill Maher. It was okay. probably like four or five years ago. I'm not a huge fan of that show, but I'll go look it no, up. No, and it really is like he. I mean, Bill Maher, Sam Harris. They. I mean, without question, they agree with each other on this one thing. Like they're very much intellectually bound in that argument. But without bringing much to the table, 
Ben Affleck, I think he brought like two or three points and he was like, well, are you an expert in this? And Sam Harris, who's a complete intellectual, was like, yeah, yeah, I, I've researched this. And so after he lost two or three times in retaliating, Ben Affleck is like, that's that's just racist. And it's like, and immediately the argument's over. Like, it really is. Well, like, because now as we're soon not. As, as soon as someone says that, that's. It's over. Yeah. You, because you, you can't you can't debate anything. Yeah. No. It, it might be half the audience. It might be 10 percent of the audience. But part of the audience is now on one side and the others on the other. And you're not going to be able to and argue isn't, isn't that a shame um it's terrible we honestly we we have a uh to tie it into the the job i took here working in kansas city with the working building components for navy aircraft carriers and destroyers well like, i'm really excited about it it's a really cool job that sounds fucking awesome but yeah it's we awesome. have to I, talk I, about I, that i wish i could tell you more but that's about the extent of all i can say god damn it's classified um are there but, a, are there aliens <laughs> not, not on the destroyers and aircraft carriers. <laughs> um, but no, we uh, you know we had we had the same issue the other day, and I'm not going to name names. Um, there's a lot of good, hardworking people that I work with, mm-hmm. um, and you know we have we have uh, some uh, laborers, grinders, mm-hmm. you know that aren't a specialty skill like like welders. Yeah, some of them are certain races, some of them are other races. Like it's just the yeah. way it works out. It's at your skill level. Yeah, but you'd be amazed how many times a day I hear, you know, well, how come, you know, how come there's not a black welder? And I'm like, well, you know, work hard and get there, man. Yeah, let's do it. Like, I want to help you out. And they're like, well, that's racist. Immediately, I'm just shut down. I have no input on it. Just kind of walk away. Yeah. Like, what are you supposed yeah. to say? In that well, and that could be it could be anything. It'd be like, why is there no white welders? Like, OK, now now I'm out. I'm sorry. I'm out. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm out of the argument. It's just the race card is just becoming so overplayed. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, and it was overplayed, you know, back when people were campaigning against Obama, even. And I'll agree with that. Like, as a concern, I was like, you know, I was like, this ain't about race. No, I was like, this is about intellectual differences and yeah. policy disagreements. And that's how it always should be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who do you agree with more? Yeah, I mean, it, that's it, who you vote for. It, yeah, it should never be about race. And unfortunately, yeah. we've we've gotten ourselves to a point where that's all people have to say now is bring yeah. that card up or or the "you offended me" card. And then, yeah, the "you offended me" card is aggravating. Well, I like, mean, I'm offended. Have you? Oh God, have you ever seen the Australian comics? I really wish I remember the guy's name. The Australian comic that talks about being offended. It sounds vaguely familiar. I'm gonna have to like, look him up. Yeah, you're gonna have if, to look if we him take up. A, if we take a break, I'll look it I'm up and we'll show break. the bit. I could, I could use a smoke. All right, let's do that. All right, we're gonna take a break. Give me one second. All right, we're back. Woohoo! All right, so we were talking a second ago, and we hit on this a little bit earlier, but I think we actually started out with this, but like Williston itself to me is one of the craziest stories because I was watching a documentary on it and I can't remember if it was, it was a pretty big documentary like Showtime, HBO, one of those things. But this was a place that was one stoplight and that was it. And then all of a sudden one stoplight is still there. (laughs) There's just about 17 more at it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and to me, that's the craziest thing. It's like, so there's, that stoplight but i mean it was that town and you were just telling me the price for your condo was 1700 uh, yeah seven seventeen hundred dollars a month is what i'm still paying right now and i've i've been in wyoming for the past 
six months. At, well, for uh, about six months, and then here for the past four months. Yeah. But it's just uh, these property management companies that come in, you can't contain them. You can't sue them. You can't try to get out of the lease. Yeah. You're better off just, just paying. Yeah. And, uh, you know, fortunately enough, most of us made enough money to – to be able to say, okay, I'm just going to have to chunk out of that, which it right. sucks. It sucks. Yeah. You don't have that normal luxury of saying, hey, I had to relocate. Right. Um, but even before then, Alex, it was, uh, I mean, I remember back when I first hired on with Schlumberger, like I told you back in 2013, mm. uh, they were literally, they provided our housing. And it was a nice uh, two-bedroom apartment. We had to split it with a coworker. Yeah. We each had our own bedrooms, own bathrooms, mm-hmm. decent apartment. But they're paying thirty six hundred dollars to forty two hundred dollars per month for an apartment. For for an apartment, yeah. Which, I mean, that was that was the going norm. Yeah, that's like I mean, double it, Kansas it, City. It, it, but you know what? It was uh, it was more efficient than the three hundred and fifty to four hundred dollars per night what you would pay just to have a hotel room for the night at at the Motel Six. Yeah. One well, the thing it, that I was it, watching that we talked about, it was like, you know, I thought it was just you got a mobile home for you know, $3,000 a month, but you were saying that it was like, no, it's not a mobile home for 3000 It's the place for 2000 and well, yeah. you and have to bring I mean, up your own place. Yeah, that's, that's a huge thing. And I mean, even that still goes on to this day, like Watford City, North Dakota, Williston, North Dakota, Stanley, North Dakota. You get onto either one of those places right now on this very day, um, you're still looking at 800 to $1,200 per month lot rent just to have your camper parked there, which is, it seems unreasonable in our parts and to be honest i think it is unreasonable it's just people charging what they can yeah and people will um, pay it and people will pay it yeah. yeah because you they're making enough money they're gonna pay it to continue making that money and so how far is home if you're in williston how far is home from like where you have to go 996.7 miles so where do you stay when you're not in williston um back in the day i used to come home and see my mom yeah. Come home for a home cooked meal. And uh No, oh, I didn't mean to bring up that and a thousand miles is a hell of a way for to be from home. I mean like when you're making your trek because you're an inspector. Oh. Like when you're going through, like is it You always go home. You always oh, okay. go home. Uh gotcha. it's I might drive three hours one way. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean uh, it's not uncommon up there to work a twenty hour day, get four hours of sleep and get your ass up and go back to work the next day. Um, the way it works in inspection, you get you get paid a day rate, mm. uh, usually, you know. Um, so I, I worked for one particular client. I got paid um, $1,050 a day. Yeah. Regardless <laughs> of what I worked. If I didn't work, I still got paid. If I worked four hours, I still got paid $1,050. Mm-hmm. If I worked 16 hours, I still got paid $1,050. And I was obviously able to make deductions on mileage and right. um, other things. But, yeah, it's a, there, there's a lot of that when it comes to the inspection side that is based on a day rate. Yeah. Um, and I mean, my most current job in Wyoming, I've, you know, you're clearing after taxes, you know, $5,300 a week. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is the kind of stuff you dream about. Yeah. But – the downside is it's short-lived. It's very mm-hmm. political. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you only last as long as you're uh, towing the company line, yeah. which sometimes isn't always the right thing like right. we talked about. Sometimes, yeah. even in oil and gas, like something I take pride in, I've had people ask me, you know, Kyle, we need you to overlook this. 
and just sign off on it saying it's good. Wow. Me, pers- me personally, I won't do it because that's people's lives at stake. That's yeah. the environment at stake. Yeah, well, like you were talking about, it's uh, like you've got – if you mess something up 8,000 feet below and that gas rushes up – People are going to die. Yeah. I've seen it happen. Yeah. It's like, no, no, I'm not going to do I won't that. ever do that again. Yeah. Yeah. That's – I mean – to me, that's the strangest thing about working in the particular field that you're in is, one, I get maybe let's go a step before that. Where they find oil, it's in some of the most remote places in the world. I mean, you guys are, for the most part, I, I assume it's kind of like, um, like deep sea fishing. Like, you're probably 97, 98% male. But you're way out in the fucking middle of nowhere. Well, I mean, yes and no. As far <laughs> as technologies come, they actually do what they call seismic testing. Mm-hmm. And they'll literally, uh, you'll see choppers just flying around and they drop this giant box, Alex. It's about, if I had to take a rough guess, probably 12 foot by 5 foot wide. Mm-hmm. 12 foot long, 5 foot wide. They'll drop this down. It's rigged up with all these computer sensors. And they'll send a seismic pulse down into the earth. And they can take a reading and calculate and compute all mm. of that. And they can figure out, with, with North Dakota, you're working with what they call shale, mm. the shale oil fields. Yeah. It's different than Texas. It's different than Canada, where you're dealing with sand oil. Right. Um, shale fractures easily, just like the shale we find down on the riverbanks in yeah, Missouri. It's a thin rock. It's, it's a thin rock. Yeah. It's a thin rock that breaks easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what, that's what this is in North Dakota. It's just a lot deeper. Mm. But once you break that rock, it allows the oil to flow freely. And uh, it's really where the the pioneering came in, uh, mostly in North Dakota, with hydraulic fracturing or fracking, Mm -hmm. as it's called politically. Um, And a lot of people are against it. Because it causes earthquakes, (laughs) supposedly. How many earthquakes have we had in North Dakota? Well, in Oklahoma, more now. (laughs) I'm not a seismologist, but even (laughs) even I know there are no tectonic plates running along that particular plane. But it it is something we need to be careful about, Mm -hmm. um, that we need to be cautious about. But they've, you know, we've got it dialed in, and actually, North Dakota. I was just reading an article the other day. We're looking at reef fracturing, previously what they call busted wells, Mm -hmm. Um, because once you fracture these wells out through the shale. And it's actually, it's a really cool process. We have a bunch of specialty tools that we'll shoot down there. We literally just stick dynamite down a hole, blow it wide open within a certain radius. It allows the oil to flow up and through and do our containment apparatus. Mm-hmm. And then we contain the oil. We yeah. capture it. We ship it. We separate the gas. We separate all the toxic elements. We mm-hmm. bring it to the consumers. Yeah. And that doesn't cause any seismic issue. Because that's the thing that I've, I've well, seen with with Oklahoma is they like had scientists Oklahoma, down there and they were like... Oklahoma doesn't really frack. They're still doing straight drilling. Um, I thought they were like putting like pressurized steam in there and just blowing shit up below. I mean, I haven't, I haven't done much work in Oklahoma, so I guess I can't speak for them. That, There's so fair. many different techniques to yeah. drilling. Like it, it's a lot more complicated than people think. It's not like you're drilling a hole just straight in the ground. Yeah. Like well, and again, I'm not a fucking expert. Know, it's just like I see. And neither am I. Like, like it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, you, you'll drill down to a certain length, and then yeah. your oil fields, your your oil planes operate at a level like this. The oil's mm. sitting down there. It's all the burned up dinosaurs that got killed by the comet. Yeah. And uh, so what we shoot for is to go down here and tap into that oil. Mm-hmm. We don't want to just drill straight through it. 
Right. You want to go horizontal. Into it. Yeah. And we've we've developed measures and tools and methods to do that. Gotcha. Um, and it it's it's relatively safe and yeah. efficient and necessary. You know, I'd yeah. say. I mean, uh, I mean, you just you what? look around at the the growing demand for everything, and that's, you know, the price of gas has fallen recently. Mm-hmm. But I mean, do you, you remember that four four buck a gallon? Gas? Oh yeah, I was living even, in Sedalia. Even around here, which was unheard of in Missouri. Yeah. And you know what that was? Yeah, I hate to say it. It was uh, <laughs> there's a certain president control that was restricting our mm-hmm. our ability to produce for our own power. Yeah. Well, now we become and a net exporter, which is a very under, weird thing. Under, yeah, it, and that has never before happened. And that's one thing I will give uh, Trump credit for. Like, it's something that's needed to happen. Why are we buying oil from countries that support terrorism? Well, like it's, if, it's, if you're all for women's rights and gays' rights, why are we buying oil from Iran who executes gays and executes women for looking at a man? Like, well, and I, I won't – You know, where is the moral authority there? I definitely won't disagree <laughs> with that part, but I think the weirdest part for me is the word in, – in this particular circumstance, just because when you look at the geopolitical situation, I always worry about the word net – when we talk about that, we're a net exporter. Because to me, what that sounds like is, and maybe I'm wrong, but to me what it sounds like is we are shipping oil, storing oil in a way that is, and again, we can, and not just you and me, but like me and anybody else or you and anybody else or the whole world. I'm not smart enough to come up with this, but when I hear the word we are a net exporter, what I hear is, we are shipping oil away when it is economically positive and bringing in oil when it is well, economically positive. And what? again, that's not a negative. I just want to finish that s- statement. Yeah. It's not a negative, but I always worry when I hear somebody say this is a net gain. I really like even like if and we were talking about tax policy, I'd worry about that. And here, let me let me clarify that because what what they're what they're getting at with that net gain, and I understand exactly where you're coming from. Mm. What we are outsourcing is what they call LPG, liquefied petroleum gas. Okay. It's a it's a, a higher end technologies that a lot of other countries they don't possess the capabilities to receive it or send it. We do with some of our ships, cruisers, tankers. Mm-hmm. We do. This is where the whole issue with Iran comes into play and controlling the trade of Hormuz. Okay, it's, and it's, I'm, it's, it's, this is way beyond my brain, so keep going. Um, uh, but I'm not going to I'm not going to challenge you. I'm just saying like this is this no, is where it goes uh, beyond yeah, me. Yeah, no, I mean LPG is a, a highly concentrated um, efficient form of gas. Would it so, be uh, just out of curiosity would this be like something like you normally pump 87 octane in, and this is 340. No, no, no. Uh, L- okay. L- LPG Sorry. is, yeah, L- I'm LPG. An idiot. <laughs> it, it can be. No, no, no. You're not at all. You're not at all. Because I mean, there's there's things about it I don't even understand. I just know it's one of our highest value commodities right now. Is gotcha. LPG. Okay. And uh, one of the unique things that Trump has focused on, and I'll give him credit, is exporting this LPG because other countries don't possess the capability to drill for it, contain it, mm-hmm. or utilize it. Gotcha. So if the United States can deliver it to them, mm. and it'd be even better if we could use that net gain that they talk about yep. to pay down our national deficit, but we won't even get started on that. <laughs> We'd have to stop spending money. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that be crazy? <laughs> what a concept. <laughs> um, but no, it, it is something unique that the United States brings to the table, and it's something that other countries are, are – they want our technology, and it's a reason we guard our technology. 
and so what? So what is the point of it then? I mean, is, did, is that something you said that you don't know? Because that's I, that's the, where I'm the confused. upper end. It's 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 a highly pressurized gas um, that we can also use the condensate. We can, can we can take that condensate and reduce it back down to very pure gas. Okay. Um, so you're basically you know you're going from a gas form to a liquid form, and then potentially back to a gas form. You can almost do whatever you want with it. Gotcha. From my limited understanding, I'm not an expert on it, but right. that's that's the value in it from what I understand. So that's because I mean, think about being able to go from liquid to gas, back to liquid if you need to, mm-hmm. all just through a couple sim- simple mechanisms. Yeah, it's valuable for numerous reasons. And so again, like I, I am not an expert in this whatsoever. But so where where does this come from? LPGs comes out of comes out of the oil wells. Comes out of I mean, is this the, everything? I guess is the is the LPG oh, the refining process or yes, yeah, oh, okay. it's, it's part of it's part of the refining process. It's part of H uh, two S, which has killed so many oil field workers. Gotcha. Um, you know that's the toxic gas. Oh, good. If you ever get hyped up on, well, it's <sighs> it's, norm- <laughs> it's normally no, it's normally contained. Gotcha. And once you remove the the H two S, it's it's relatively safe, still explosive. But yeah. What's the? I mean, it's the it's the same semi trucks you see driving down the road saying, LPG on board. That's what it is. It's one of those things that I don't think you it's see the until ga- you see it's it. The, yeah, it's the gas tankers that. Yeah. You know, you probably pass them every day in traffic. You just don't realize it. Right. And those are people driving cross country. Um, I mean the the backbone of America. Oh know, yeah. Tra- transporting essential stuff. Um, well, yeah, and speaking like you said, of that, I agree with you. Like, I, dude, I'm all down for solar and stuff. Like, that'd be great. Do you think that gets us through a bad winter? What happens if our solar panels get covered up? Well, like, and and again, like <laughs> I said, like, what happens if the sun don't shine? You're gonna you're gonna kick on your electric heater, or you're gonna, you know. I apologize. I'm the one messing this shit up. My my arm is going crazy. I apologize for that. Oh, that was not intentional. <laughs> no, I I. So my my whole thing about getting through the winter, I totally agree. And again, this is one of those things where I talk about efficiency and with like why we can't kill things now is because like, yeah, if you like we're going into winter right now, if you just were like, no, fuck natural gas, we'd be screwed and people would die. And there's no question about it. I do think that eventually we'll figure these things out. But right now, absolutely not. We're just not there yet. Yeah, and that's what people need to realize is let's be realistic about it. Yeah, and, oh, hundred uh, percent. You know. Well, and like what you were just talking about with this, what H LPG LPG. I had no idea that this shit even existed. Yeah, had, <laughs> you're yeah, you're talking to like I said, I well, I mean, just look look up how much we're sending across yeah. across the ocean, yeah. and it it should be netting us profits. But I, our trade imbalances are so off; it, it won't. But yeah, well, and and again, trade imbalances are fine as long, as, like I think people in, and we're getting off on the political track again. Yeah. I, but I it, it, when we do. talk about trade imbalances, <laughs> trade imbalances are completely fine because if we're buying shit, but we can pay for it, that's fine. That's okay. It's when our own government is paying way more than or is spending way more than they should that you can't equate to trade imbalances. Because we, our trade situation is complicated. Oh yeah, it always is. Yeah, always and it is. always will be. It, it and you can you can Absolutely. try to fight it, but and that's just too geopolitical. I don't want to fucking get into that right now. So let's go back to this shit. 
the weirdest again i still think the the most complicated thing right now to me is that we are a net exporter of quote-unquote oil and gas and gas. gas and it doesn't seem like it because people don't understand what that means like i i don't even think people don't understand what that means I think a lot of people understand that net exporting means that we are on the plus side of this one thing, but they still see us fracking and they see bad things. Well, it's it's what they think are bad things. Like um, these are, these are things that are either happening in our country or happening in another country under you know subpar human labor like well and i think I that's mean, a great argument like i think if, that's if, a really if you good want to argument. talk about bad things like I, I love, like if we're I'd a net exporter to, if we if we decide that we're not going to be an exporter, and again i apologize for interrupting no, 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 you you're, you're but fine. if we decide that we're not a ex- net exporter but other countries are allowed to export more than us that means that even more lives are in danger because even though we've had issues in this country far better than most well and it's just do all do all of our moral objections extend to other countries or just to the United States? Good point. Very good point. <laughs> like, yeah, no, 100%. Because, you know, uh, you know, if you're if you're not cool with it, quit buying those solar panels from China that a child made for five cents a day. Yeah, or your like, iPad or iPhone or it, I, anything. Exactly. Like there's, yeah. We could make objections. Yeah, there are suicide nets in Chinese companies that are creating and, our iPads. And so, you know, I think <laughs> you and I agree we, sh- we, yeah. we should just come – more across on the point that, you know, hey, we we can reach an attainable goal, a reasonable level, yeah, without having to bring, uh, you know, feelings, everything else, every other emotional objection into it. Well, and we just to, to automatically to hate each other point. because of it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like we don't have no to. Reason, there's no reason to hate. You know. Yeah. If I if I could say one thing on your entire podcast tonight, no, it would just it would literally be like. You know what? I might be a conservative guy, but I love every single one of you. I got friends that are gay. I got friends that are lesbian. I got friends that are bisexual. I got friends that are transsexual. I love every single one of them. Mm-hmm. And I would if you were a complete stranger because that's how I was raised, and that's who I want to be. Yeah. Like, I, I, like, I, I'll love you as a person. Yeah. That's how it should be. Yeah. I'm not buying into this crap that you know just because Trump said something, it automatically means I agree with it. Right. It doesn't. Right. And that's what we need to get away from. Mm-hmm. You know, people are allowed to have differing opinions. Mm-hmm. Well, I think just listening to each other would be a positive. Because even if even if you agree with, like, and this is just such an unfortunate thing, that if you th- agree with something that Trump says, the, the worst part about the, let's, let me back up for a second. The worst part about the right, far right right now, is that if Trump says something, you're automatically rah-rah. That's not good. That's not true. If you're on the left, the worst thing you can do is say that he is automatically wrong, which is also bad. Or that you call somebody names because of something, because they agree with a certain point that he has. I mean, if... I'm trying to think. Who's the presidential candidate that I disagree with the most on the left? If Bernie Sanders said solar panels are cool... There are people on the right that would attack him for being a communist. Yeah, that's if, a fair assessment. Yeah, if Trump said, and I do like the memes, like we, I do have to give the people who create memes about Trump a lot of credit <laughs> because good. they are fucking They're great. They're good. But Adam. the like the ones where Trump is like, 
I love puppies. Trump hates kittens. Like, yeah. yeah. Those are my favorite. <laughs> like, but, I mean, it's it's true on both sides, and I think it's that... It's like, Trump said, good morning, America. Trump hates night. Exactly. <laughs> well, like, I, I watched... Um, he was only on it for like an hour and 15 minutes, but Bernie Sanders went on Joe Rogan's podcast, and I love Joe Rogan's podcast. He's good. He's good. But he had Bernie Sanders on his podcast. Joe Rogan is progressive like crazy. Oh. Yeah. Even though people don't want to see him that way, he is liberal. But he makes, he had he Bernie, makes some good points. Yeah. He's a logical guy. I'll give him that. 100%. Right. And he had Bernie Sanders on his podcast. And guess what? I disagreed with probably 65 to 70% of what Bernie Sanders said. But you know what? He was calm. He was intelligent. He presented good arguments. Again, I disagreed with several of his points. But he was given over an hour to just talk about what he thought. Yep. And Guess we need, what? He we didn't need come more, off as crazy Bernie. We need more of that open dialogue, but you can't get that on the media nowadays. Like, Fox News is blatantly conservative. Yep. Even as a conservative, I know that. Yeah. I mean, I, I regularly – They just flip, went after I'll flip Shep. to CNN and MSNBC just to get the opposite point of view. Yeah, they went and after Shep. it shouldn't Shep. be that way. Like, that's – They I went mean, after Shep. I know. And it's it, – ah. it, And see, <laughs> stuff, like, stuff like that is, is just – that's that's how you know we're going wrong. Yeah. Like, even, you know, even guys like this can sit down and say – Look, you know, can't we just get the truth yeah. out of the matter? And unfortunately, I, you know, that's uh, – I can't remember who quoted it, but, you know, sometimes um, – eh, I'm not even going to attempt to quote it because I'm going to mess the quote all up. <laughs> to paraphrase. No, I don't even want to paraphrase. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to recall exactly what it was. But uh, either way, it, truth sometimes, you know, evades us, and we got to remind ourselves to get back to it. Yeah, it's a it's something I've I've always been a big fan of the found like the founding fathers. I just I enjoy the story. Mm -hmm. I realize it was a different time, of course, but I think a lot of the principles still hold true. Hundred percent. No, one hundred percent. I mean, I, even I like think, the I feel like that's something maybe we're losing track of is the principles that right. America was founded upon. You know, not so much. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the Constitution, and I'm a big believer that if we're going to change it, you know, it needs to come to a national vote. Yeah. Um, but I realize times have changed. Maybe we need to change some of the words. But mm -hmm. the basic principles need to remain the same, you know. Yeah. The right to liberty, the right to pursue happiness, the right to bear arms. Yeah. To me, those are three things that most other countries don't have. Like I said, look at look at – Look at China. Look at look at all these mm -hmm. other countries around the world. Like yeah, freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom to, yeah. Well, and unfortunately, the press has messed everything up. Um, well, and that's not you. You're you're doing your part to try to just put well, a good message. Out. Well, no, and I think like that was one of the things that you said a couple of minutes ago that I was gonna bring up, but you were bringing up such good points. I was like, yeah, we're just gonna keep going with this. Is like that's one of the something like this. That's a podcast that is just me interviewing people that I appreciate and that I want to hear from. You can't do this other places. Exactly. He, I mean, you can't at all. Like, and, I know. And, isn't that and I'm really excited to see how the FCC is going to fuck this shit up. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like you think about that, like, you know, and again, I go back to him because I really do appreciate what he's done for this realm. But like Joe Rogan's had like 1400 podcasts with, everyone with people he likes with people he doesn't like and with that's how it should be 
Yeah, but it's just been a conversation. I mean, that he's 100% the inspiration that I did this, and there are other uh, podcasts that have done the exact same thing. I mean, Dak Shepard has a really good one called Armchair Expert. He brings on people. He questions things. He asks things. I think he's a little bit more PC than Joe Rogan will ever even understand how to be. But he brings on people that he, he has never met, that he just wants to have a conversation with. To me, this is the best medium that you can possibly have, is two people having a conversation, or you know, even up to four people, because I think once you get past that, you can't understand what everybody's saying. But it's like one person, one person, or one person and a couple of people just having an honest conversation, nothing held back, and you see what happens. And if you don't like it, guess what? You never have to listen to me again. Like, when somebody tunes into 10 tabs open, they never have to ever research Alex Howell, Alexander Howell, or 10 tabs open again. But if they do like it or they enjoy the different conversation than they've had, cool. Listen to every episode. I don't care. It's great. Well, and I mean, Alex, honestly, as a, as a guy who's known you since elementary school, the way you approach this entire, um, you know, interview dialogue we've had today <laughs> yeah um it couldn't have been done any better man because I, 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 we haven't <laughs> hung out in years and it, it's yeah. been great catching up with you since 18 it, man I, it, it's, <laughs> no, it's, it, it's been great but thank you. you know are we not you know we're we're still similar in some ways but we've changed in some ways yeah but at the same time i think that speaks to your integrity and your show's integrity thank is you. you know you literally invited me over here to your recording studio and just said Hey, Kyle, come down here. Tell the truth. Tell me what you want to say. Like, yeah. You didn't coach me on anything. You said, sit down, say what you want to say. <laughs> and, dude, I just – I think that's impressive. I think no. it takes a lot of guts on your part. I like, appreciate it. you had no clue what I was going to come in here yeah. and say. And you're just like, just go with it. No, I – no. Um, and I think – Thank you I think, for that. I think, I, think that uh, I think that just says a lot about your integrity as a person. And No, thank you, man. It I, doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Because I, I've known you for a while, and I know you're a stand-up dude. No, thank but, you, uh, man. To all the other listeners out there, <laughs> you're great. No, man. thank you. I appreciate that. Don't cry. No. I, <laughs> he's crying That, that actually bit. brought he's it. He's crying a little bit. <laughs> Fuck off. Oh, that. don't cry. <laughs> yeah. That brought a, it was a little tear. It was a little tear. No, I appreciate that, man. It's uh, No, it's just it's one of those things, like, I – Again, when I started this, like, I've only had 19 episodes. It's not like I've had, like, thousands of years behind this. But it's just, like, one of those things that I see things out there, you know, out in the media or any other situation where you look at it and you're just like, oh, well, fuck that guy. It's like, no. I mean, I, I literally ran for Congress as a libertarian because I was just pissed off that there wasn't a sec or a third party that made any sense whatsoever. So I was just I, – I answered – I didn't do a lot of interviews, which I probably should. I did interviews, but I didn't do a lot of, like um, – I didn't reach out to the public a lot. But I answered everything online. I was on the radio. I answered everything that I possibly could about my opinion because I truly believe, like, if you're going to vote for me, you need to know my opinion. No. I, but, was, I was rooting for you uh, even from up in North Dakota. I appreciate I, I really, I really was. Like, no, I, I appreciate I that. remember when I saw that, I was like – Holy shit. I was like, <laughs> that was I was doing something. I was like, God, I was. <laughs> like, yeah, I got I, I won the primary and got my ass curb stomped in the election. We'll, get, no, him, I, we'll get him next time. Yeah. But I mean the whole thing was just like I I'm not gonna 
I feel like, and maybe this is kind of a bullshit argument, but it's like, now I feel like I can bitch about shit. Like, I can actually say, like, hey, I ran for it, I tried my ass off, and I did what I did, but, you know, had a few thousand votes, and that was a positive thing. But the biggest thing is, like, in all of this, in all of this, I really wish people could come together and see that they're, we're not that much different. I mean, you were talking about the guys in the oil field. They don't see anything against solar. They just don't like the idea that everybody's against them. Yeah. That, to me, is... That that should be the story. Like, yeah, because if, you, you know, you went to your job tomorrow and you were uh, you were in the pharmaceutical industry and they hated you because you were there and they were protesting you and saying how terrible you were and you deserve to die, you probably wouldn't like that either. Yeah. But these guys are, you know, trying to trying to do the right thing and trying to pay, you know, trying to help their family as you but, I mean, it's, it's It's some of those hardworking men and women. Mm-hmm. You'll ever meet in the country. And yeah. I mean, dude, I would, I'll put a thousand dollars down right now that you won't meet a harder working person physically. I mean, everybody works hard in their own way. Right. But uh, you know, if you uh, if you ever take take us up on the opportunity to go up there and and meet some of my other buddies, you're gonna find like it's a lot of people don't realize that people are so used to a nine to five, mm-hmm. they don't realize what it's like to work. 36 hours straight because the job had to get done well and just look and up a youtube video about what these guys do i mean you move your hand wrong you lose your hand yeah and it's not just us. that goes across so many different industries um but, you know it's just hard work should be uh valued and you know sometimes we need these kind of things yeah um you know because they're just they're not things we're at a point to get rid of you know agreed and i think that's the best statement it's like we're just not there yet yeah, and, and I, I, I hope think we you do get there. Trust me, I'd love to have a solar-powered car that I don't have to spend a bunch of money at the gas mm-hmm. pump. But we're just not there yet, right? You know, yeah. I don't. I see all my friends talking about it, but I don't see a bunch of them driving Teslas, right? Like, no, <laughs> uh, no, exactly. <laughs> and I that's mean, a reality because Teslas are so overpriced. Yeah, and that's supply and demand, capitalism. Exactly. Yeah, and Elon is probably the smartest motherfucker in the U.S., and he still can't figure it out because it doesn't make sense right now. It just it's just not it, there. It will eventually. It, I, I hope it will. And I yeah. think it will. Yeah. I really like I truly will because, I mean, you know, we're, they're right to a certain degree. We can't rely on fossil fuels forever. I mean, theoretically, we've got probably 10, 15,000 years, which is longer than we're going to make it. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. You know, in theory, we need to find something renewable. And, and if you bring a solar roof down to nothing, and all of a sudden everybody can live on that, you're fine. If that that's solar, how roofs if that do. solar roof can create enough output, right? Exactly, they can't. Yeah, hundred um, percent. That's you know, there's there's still technology gaps, and that's the stuff we got to work towards. And yeah. uh, you know, that's. I think the entirety of the idea is, if we make the right policy decisions, we understand that. The guys and gals that are up there working their asses off are humans, and they shouldn't be put down. If you understand that these are people that are just working their asses off, and they're doing the right thing for right now, we're in a positive position to say, we don't want those people in the oil fields taking their lives into their own hands, or taking their lives, not even into their own hands, into their, into a, 
very interesting situation. Well, if we I, th- can I think I, th- I don't mean to interrupt. But no, please I, do. I, I guess I did in this particular situation. No, you um, deserve I think, to. I, I was trying you, to go. I think what you <laughs> I think what you'd find is those guys in oil gas will adapt and be more successful. Yeah, because they're hard than, workers. Than, well, and they're smart. Yeah. Like it's not just you know it's not a bunch of dummies out there. There's some smart guys out there. Yeah. Um, it, of course. You know, it takes it takes a lot of balls to get down into a hole and uh, strike an arc on a pipe that has live gas in it. I don't even and know what just, that means, just, and I'm terrified. You're, yeah, you're you're trusting, you're trusting your people to tell you that that line's purged. Because if it's not, you're dead. Like, so you, what does you, a line purged mean? They'll isolate lines often, especially when they have to do a repair on a pipeline. Okay. Um, so it's an active line that all of a sudden we have a leak for some reason, and this does happen. You know, if the earth shifts, something goes wrong. It could have been a bad well. Mm-hmm. Um, all of a sudden we have a leak. We go in and fix it. We have ways of approaching these things. What they'll often do is they'll isolate a line by air or by purge, nitrogen. Um, force all the air out of there, so that way the welder can come in, cut the defective portion of the pipe, weld in a new good section of the pipe. But in order to do all that, we need all that gas and explosive stuff out of the line. Right. And that's why they'll isolate and purge gotcha. to force all the explosive gas away. Gotcha. But you know what? You're, count, you're counting on the wind not blowing too hard one way. Yeah, yeah. it's not that there's zero I've risk. I've sat there and watched guys do it. I've sat there and watched welders say their prayers before they get down in a ditch to strike up one of them. So I, I take it a little personally when someone tells me that they're just up there for money, they're just up there for this. Like They take pride in their work. Yeah. And it's a it's a skilled trade that well, not many people they are possess. Up there for money. Not, ma- not many people possess anymore. Yeah. You know, we need more welders. We need more pipe fitters we need more people that are willing to get their hands dirty yeah it's just that's such a taboo thing now no and i i agree that it's it's looked at as a taboo thing but i mean when you talk about people getting their hands dirty i mean you look at the amount of people that you need right now in skilled professions that do get their hands dirty i mean we're not talking about just welders in williston we're talking about hvac professionals electricians welders here just working on tall ass buildings my place is hiring yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's 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 a there's a need for that skilled labor everywhere and, and maybe that's part of the bigger picture. You know, we've we've preached for so long and that was one thing I did want to touch on, but maybe we'll get to it another time. Like, you know, I spent four years in college and honestly I regret it. No. I wish I would have just went right into the trade that I'm in because I make more money than I mean, mo- most of my buddies that went to college for four years. Yeah. And you know, I don't mean that to sound uh, no, you, it's like I, I did that. No, I'm not going to say the I'm not going to say the amount, but college. I mean, you said it earlier. Yeah, you made I, more money than I have in a year ever. Well, and I didn't even need the college. And it's yeah, like we should exactly. be afraid of that. We should embrace that. And, you know, hey, if that's something you're passionate about, go for it. Yeah. Like, you know, I wish I would well, have just that kind of wisdom back then. Yeah, like, or just know that, like, you could do this for several years, set yourself up really well. And if you want to yeah. go to college, you can pay for it yourself now. You want to yeah. get a you well, want to get a lot of uh, yeah don't even get us started on the college uh, college loans and stuff yeah. it's such a scam it sets people up for failure yeah but I mean yeah it's we'll have to save that for <laughs> for the next show but uh, if I could give one more shout out Alex seriously you've been amazing <laughs> man uh, I haven't seen this guy in fifteen years I don't know if, I don't know if he'll use this for uh, an outro clip oh I or totally not, will but. Uh, He's a stand-up dude, and Alex, thank you so much for having me on your show. Kyle, thank you so much, and you're always welcome back, and we're going to do this soon because uh, 
I know what you dropped off earlier, and we're just going to have to do another one for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thank you.